You're listening to Arts and Witchcrafts, a podcast created by me, your host, Christina Bakrevsky. I'm a visual artist, an astrologer, and all-around mystical-ass bitch. Arts and Witchcrafts is my podcast platform to discuss all the things I love to explore. Art, astrology, magic, mysticism, spiritual lifestyle, mindset, and consciousness. I created this podcast to share my story, my framework, and my tools to inspire, empower, and uplift you. Thank you for being here. What is up, all you beautiful people? Thank you for being here. It is officially Gemini season, or it will be when this episode drops. And to commemorate the beginning of a new solar season, one that is ruled by Mercury, I thought it would be appropriate to release an episode about exploring the mind and going deep into the psyche. So this episode's guest is an esteemed hypnotherapist and past life regression therapist, Nikki Cosmo. Nikki is a dedicated healer and headmistress of Cosmic Relations University, which is a distance learning school that specializes in spiritual traditions and practices for the modern mystic. Now, our paths aligned all the way back in the year 2000 in a small suburb outside of L.A., Nikki and I actually went to high school together. We both played for the girls' soccer team freshman year, and then we graduated and lost touch as most high school friends do. And because the universe loves to align you with your people when you're living your truth, Nikki and I reconnected a couple years ago through a mutual friend. And she was looking for a photographer to shoot photos at an event that she was producing. And our mutual friend referred me to her. At the time, she was offering Reiki-infused moon circles and intimate gatherings for mystically inclined women. And I was already tapped in and open to my spiritual gifts and well into my healing journey and... Uh, loved going to moon circles, and I had been to a ton in San Francisco when I had lived there. Um, And I just remember admiring her for how she was showing up in the world as a leader, as a healer, and someone, as someone who holds space for the healing and growth of others. So it made sense that our energies would attract each other And ever since then, which was a couple years ago now, I think 2018, I've seen her blossom and grow exponentially in her practice and her online business. I'm deeply inspired by women who show up in the world, women who have gifts and share them, who put themselves out there in a way that says, this is me, this is my story, and this is what I have to offer. Because it's refreshing, especially when that woman is someone you knew when you were young and also someone who is doing something unconventional. Hypnotherapy and past lives might sound woo-woo or out there for some, but what I say to that is just to be open to all the possibilities in the quantum field. And some things can't really be explained, only felt. 
my personal experiences with past life regressions have left a profound impact on me. I'll never forget my first three-hour session and the downloads I received in that session. But most people that I talked to about it had never had one, let alone heard of it. And so I was trying to articulate my experiences, but there were like few words for it at the time. So to see Nikki step into this public facing role and talk about some, you know, very cerebral esoteric topics in a way that feels authentic, honest and straightforward is just so needed because I know there are tons of people out there who might be curious about it, but don't know where to look or how to begin or like who to go to. And I think it's really important to be discerning about who we get our spiritual mentorship from. And I can undoubtedly say that Nikki is the real deal. Whether you're looking to learn Reiki, hypnotherapy, or to rewire your subconscious programming or how to facilitate a past life regression session for others, Nikki is a well-qualified, experienced, lifelong healer who can guide you in a way that feels real and down-to-earth and relatable. Like, she's not one of those people who are, like, you know, way woo-woo and out there, like, you know, where's your head? (laughs) You know, no shade to those people, Um, but, you know, we live here on Earth. So what I love about Nikki is that she is right here with you with such a deep presence offering her earned wisdom in a way that you can trust. So I hope that you find value in this episode and I hope it satisfies your curiosities about these healing modalities that have helped me so much. And if you love it and feel like you learned something new, please share this episode with a friend or someone you think could benefit from Nikki's message. So thank you so much again for tuning in. I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. It's one, you know, I I love having these conversations and and sharing them. So um, without further ado... Hello, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining me here on Arts and Witchcrafts. Yay. What an amazing podcast title, by the way. (laughs) It really encompasses, I feel like, all of who I am. And I have to give credit to my boyfriend who came up with the name for me. And as soon as he said it, I was like, yes. It's amazing. It totally is you. I love it. So good on both of you. I would love to uh, just like do like a quick little intro and if you can just share with the the audience a brief backstory, how you came to do the work that you do, um, and how, how Nikki Cosmo kind of came to be. I guess it started from birth. <laughs> I was born into this world somewhat of a heyoka. If you're familiar with that word, it's, it translates into sacred clown in the Lakota and Dakota people from North America. And what, what the Hayoka is, is like a, like a jester and someone who has an innate ability to um, like shake shit up when, it, when, it, when people are complacent, they're over here like kind of playing tricks. And um, 
they also have this ability to really mirror to people what needs to change and shift. And so I was born into this world as a jokester. If you ask any of my childhood friends, I was always playing tricks. And I, I started doing magic tricks for my family. And so it makes, I can't explain it, but it makes total fucking weird cosmic sense that I'm not a, a hypnotherapist where I go into the mind, help mirror things back to you and shift things around. I also live a very unconventional life and I always have. So that's the Hayoka and the childhood magician and then now this hypnotherapist. So it's been quite a journey to get to this point. I wasn't like, oh, hypnotherapy, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up, <laughs> grow up in quotes. I studied psychology for a long time, and I always knew that I wanted to be somewhat in a therapist role, but I always had the alternative and holistic viewpoint of life. I started doing psychic readings at parties when I was around 23, not charging, just like would be in the middle of a party, probably high or drunk, like, all right, who wants a reading? And I realized, like most of us, I had these limiting beliefs that were like, you can't charge for that. That's not a job. Um, who are you? You don't have the credentials. And so people started telling me, this is a, really a gift. And this is something you need to put out into the world and do, you know, do and be and embody and get paid for it. So it took some of my own subconscious reprogramming to get to this point. And now a successful hypnotherapist and past life regression therapist and just thriving and loving it. Oh, I love that. And I love what you said about the, the, the sacred clown. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Um, that's a really, I've never heard that before. And it's definitely like your, your job, what you do, your gifts are very unique. I mean, you're not the only hypnotherapist, but you're only the hypnotherapist that I know personally. And very few people I know do past life regressions and all of that. And I feel like all of that is really gaining in popularity. It's, it's really growing. A lot more people are becoming more open-minded about it. And, you know, I feel like you've spent your whole life kind of like training for this. And so um, it's just really beautiful to, to see. It wasn't until last year that I really saw anything about hypnotherapy. And now it's like, just all the rage and it's effective and it works. And so uh, can you kind of talk a little bit about it? What can somebody expect from the session? What are some common misconceptions? Just like, what is it? Yeah, totally. And you're so right. Hypnotherapy. I don't know what happened, but in the last year, it's just completely skyrocketed, which I think is fucking fantastic because it is really effective and and yet gentle. So like I've said before, I love my traditional psychotherapist. We all work under the same umbrella, but a hypnotherapist has the tools to get into the subconscious mind, whereas a psychotherapist is working on the conscious mind. Still great, that's like our logic, reasoning, willpower. But the subconscious mind is this beautiful 88 to 95% that really holds on to events, memories, feelings, emotions, and they're things that get implanted or even stuck from a very young age. From the ages zero to eight, we're in a natural state of hypnosis as children. So we're taking everything in as truth, even stuff that is quote unquote bad. We don't really have the discernment to know so everything gets implanted as truth. So let's say someone now in their adult life has a money story 
well, maybe when they were five or six, they overheard their mom saying, honey, we can't afford that, or that's too expensive, or people like us don't own that. And they were five and six in a natural state of hypnosis. So it gets implanted and stored in there like freaking glue. So as a hypnotherapist, I know how to get in, kind of dig it out and then replace with positive um, new stories. I feel like the, the common misconception about hypnotherapy is that it's kind of like a, it's like a show or it's like for entertainment, you know, you get hypnotized on a stage and, you know, somebody makes you look like a fool. So there's this kind of notion that, you know, hypnotherapy equals me looking like a fool. Well, and that's, you know, yes, the common misconception is that it's mind control and people, I hear it all the time people are fearful of going into that state of mind because they believe that they won't have control of their self and that I may have the ability to do something to them because stage hypnotists, the tools they have and the tools I have are the same tools. I just use it in a therapy setting. They use it in like a, a stage show setting. So, but it's all the power of suggestion. So to dispel any myths and misconceptions when someone is in hypnosis they still have full control of what they do say or be whether that's with me in therapy or even on stage which is kind of hard to believe because it looks like they're really out of it but they're just in such a deep um theta state where they're very like relaxed and so more easily suggestible yeah and i feel like shadow work is a really big buzzword these days you hear about that a lot i feel like lately people are really interested in healing different healing modalities the subconscious mind is really where all the gold lies it's it really requires you to kind of take a, a deep dive into the unknown and look for the little shadows little distorted fragments of yourself that were traumatized or hurt or you know even just kind of in passing like you were saying about the the money stories just kind of casually being imprinted in those things and it really requires losing a little tiny bit of control you know getting outside of the ego mind it's not you know, losing control is not a bad thing. And I feel like, you know, having a dedicated therapist like you is um, so valuable. Um, it's such a valuable tool. So um, how do people rewire their limiting beliefs? It's like, okay, you go into the subconscious, you find out what those limiting beliefs are. How do you rewire them and find the, and even find the courage to dive deep into your psyche? Wow, yeah. I mean, well, this is... <laughs> I say this all the time and I will just say it till the day I die. It's a choice. It's a choice. Some people don't like when I say that, that's fine. It's a choice. So it's a choice to understand, oh, I have this behavior that may not be serving me or even humanity or my partner or my family, whatever it is. I joke all the time with my students and clients. I'm like, I know you guys are perfect angels, but we all have quirks and behaviors and patterns that maybe aren't so dope. And so it takes really like a hard self-inquiry to go, oh yeah, I think it's me. I'm not gonna point the finger outward anymore. That's me, okay, then make the choice. I'm ready to change that now. Yeah, I'm really ready. Like I'm gonna put my foot down and then you can do self-hypnosis. That's definitely a thing. 
doing it with a hypnotherapist is more powerful and more effective, but self-hypnosis and doing it, going into the subconscious yourself is also powerful to, to then look at, well, what are these patterns and where did they come from? Oh, that was my mom's voice back in the day, or that was society's voice back in the day. Okay. I'm a huge advocate for really honoring and respecting where we came from. So it's not to say that we're erasing the past at all. We are more so accepting it and then replacing it with more positive versions, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It makes sense. And previously in the past, I'd always thought that in order to dive deep and to uncover those truths, you know, you have to like go on some vision quest or like take a bunch of psychedelics or like take an ayahuasca ceremony, you know, which are all amazing tools. Um, and I'd love to discuss your, your thoughts on those as well, but it's so amazing that actually you don't need to do that and that you can do it yourself or it's a lot more gentle of a process. You know, shadow work doesn't have to be so scary. I'm a huge advocate for plant medicine and you know with maps which is the multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies uh love them because whether it's lsd mushrooms ayahuasca even um, mdma all these things have the ability to kind of get us into that place where we're looking inward taking some notes taking accountability allowing what needs to surface surface and do the quote-unquote work but hypnosis and hypnotherapy, like you said, is a bit more gentle. You don't have to take a substance and you're still getting there. You're still getting there, looking inward, doing the work, illuminating what needs to really be seen and shown and doing something about it. But, but you know, I mean, hypnotherapy is fucking awesome, but plant medicine is also fucking awesome. It just really depends on the person and where they're at. Absolutely. And plant medicines and psychedelics, I always credit as the, the catalyst to big healing for me, huge spiritual awakenings for me. And I don't think that, you know, you necessarily have to go down that route, but it is highly, highly valuable tools. Like what, what's your experience with psychedelics? Like, what do you, what do you say about that as a, as a therapist and as a healer? I mean, I try my best not to be subjective and go, oh yeah, I used to take acid all the time. But that is my truth. There was a time in my life where I was doing acid a lot, LSD, mm -hmm. um, and that it was recreationally at first. Mm -hmm. However, as the years went by and I was doing my own growth and learning, it turned way far from party scene to more of a sacred situation. Like how can I utilize these medicines or these tools to learn about myself and the world. So if it ever comes up in a session with a client, I am always on board hundred percent and say, yes, go for it. And sometimes I bring it up before they do. If I truly feel in my heart that that's someone who's ready, I've recommended ayahuasca to quite a few people that I do therapy for. So I'm an advocate. I'm over here like waving the flag, like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love the, that organization you mentioned, MAPS. I used to be, I was a donor, um, a monthly donor, like back in 2014. And little side note, um, prior to getting started with my photography career, I was actually looking into programs at CIIS in San Francisco to become a psychedelic therapist. 
because my experiences with psychedelics were so opening and just so like I you know I became a little evangelical about it for a minute there I was like you have to do it everybody has to do it we have to spike the water supply I don't say I don't recommend that anymore <laughs> but um you know I I think that there is a lot of value in these medicines and including we're using it in you know a fun recreational setting and a sacred medicinal setting where it's all about you know healing and going within totally agree and that's hilarious that you say that because i i never use that word evangelical but i suppose i was also doing that and i'm like yeah you do acid you do acid you do ayahuasca and i used to joke too put it in the water put it in like the family punch at a wedding yeah. or whatever. but that may not sit so well but yeah same girl like I recommend it like to the high heavens yeah and now it's getting to the point where even like my dad is sending me articles every single day about this new breaking research and I'm like dad I you know we know so it's it's really spreading and and I do hope to see it become a little bit more mainstream you know in in the future just as as a tool as a as one modality of many Let's talk about the past life regression therapy that you do, because I've actually sat with you in one of your group sessions and had a really, really powerful breakthrough, but that was not the first time that I had done a past life regression. The first time I did it was actually back in 2014, again, um, with another friend of mine from high school. (laughs) I still remember vividly in detail what came up for me in that session. Like nothing, I have remembered everything from that. And it was such a profound moment and experience that I'm just like hungry for more. And I actually just read the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, like a couple weeks ago. Can you just share a little bit about what is a past life regression? I feel like it sounds scary but it's not, (laughs) you know, what insight can it offer? What do past lives have to do with our present life? Past life regression is taking someone into the hypnotic state. So again, into that 88 to 95% of the subconscious mind and allowing information to vent out about where your soul once was. So past life regression is perhaps a newer term in terms of maybe how long humanity has been here. And so it's not new agey woo woo, but like it, like you said, it's becoming more in the mainstream. But if you are familiar with reincarnation in Buddhism or any, you know, science says that energy isn't born and can't, can't die. Even Reiki practitioners say, well, we're just this energetic body living in a meat suit. So it's all the same idea that this energy and this soul has been here before and done this before. We just tend to reincarnate into these physical, you know, flesh suits or whatever. So when we do a past life regression, it's taking you into the hypnotic state to access your soul's memory bank, basically. Um, there's a lot of different teachers out there. Dr. Joe Dispenza, I love that guy, one of my mentors, and he calls it a computer hard drive, which is a really um, great way to describe the subconscious. So think of it that way. There's all these programs and memories stored in there. So if you believe that you're more than this physical body and you are in fact an energy, then you have 
absolutely been here and doing this many, many times before. So in a regression, we just take you back there and see what wants to be illuminated, wants, what wants to come out. Yeah, and it's so interesting what comes up because your conscious mind, I, when I was doing it, I was very, like you said, I was very highly aware of what was going on. Like there, I wasn't so deep in a state where I couldn't move my body or I couldn't snap myself out of it. It really is just like a really deep guided meditation and like you feel so relaxed. And so it's interesting like what chooses to come up because I'm sure I feel like I'm, I've had many lives, you know, I've, I've experienced them in these, these sessions, but like what chooses to, what wants to come through, um, you know, for, for your healing, for your growth. I tell any of my clients or students or people who are going into a regression that although it is important to go in with an intention and perhaps a question or a few of what you hope to get out of it or what you desire to know, make sure that once you're in the, in the regression, you're not in like control logic brain mode and trying to force yourself to be the queen of Egypt. Because once you're controlling the journey, you're back in the conscious mind and out of the subconscious mind. So I often tell people, yes, it's important to show up with an intention and an idea of why you're doing this, but be aware that the whole spectrum is available and whatever your own subconscious wants you to know, it will surely tell you. And it's not always what we thought we went in there for. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm, you know, I've done sessions where I'm like, I want to see my past lives in ancient Egypt and, you know, Mexico or wherever that I have like this connection to and then what ends up being shown to me are all of these lives where I was just largely unfulfilled unexpressed you know um, died early um, and the the recurring theme which you know we've, we've I've mentioned to you before is that I never quite lived up to my fullest potential and that is the main motivation for, you know, why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing now and feel like ha knowing that and having that information and just knowing that in all of my past incarnations and iterations, I wasn't quite able to fulfill my purpose. So in this life, like I'm going to with no holds barred, I'm just fucking going for it and I'm going to do my best. And if I don't do it this time, it's going to happen in the next life. Right. But at least, you know, now you have that information. And that's the other thing I always say is everything that arises is information. Even if it makes zero fucking sense in the moment, mm -hmm. it's all information. And some people go, well, how do I know that I'm not making that up? You're not making it up because it's coming from your own subconscious, just rising up. So I always have people journal afterwards or write for about two to five minutes because getting it out on paper, just like when we dream, it's important mm -hmm. to have that as like your own little treasure bank of learning about what your mind wants to tell you. Exactly. It's just data. It's just information and it's greater awareness of, you know, of your psyche. And it explains so much to you. And not only that, but I found it fascinating that in my first past life regression, I found myself in a council that was like, in some alien civilization where I was communicating telepathically with these um, guides. And it was right after I had just died. I'd watched my very brutal death. And 
um, kind of floated up and out of my body into this like highly advanced civilization. And they're like, okay, so what did you learn? And I was very objective about it. And I was just, I was like, whoa, there's a whole layer there that I wasn't expecting, but it's so cosmic too, because we have past lives, not just on earth, Mm -hmm. but in other, you know, and this really, you know, requires like a stretch of, you know, you have to go outside of your limiting beliefs, right. Of, of what is possible. Um, and, and that really kind of broadened perspective for me too, that this is earth is just an arena. It's just a school. It's just where we come here to learn some things and evolve and grow. And it's not even like the end all be all we have these lives and other planets and other civilizations Mm -hmm. that's why to some this rings a bell and to others it could sound a little triggering but i i am not like bypassing that there's bad terrible stuff that happens on this planet but if we as an individual can remain in a state of presence openness and love regardless we understand that nothing's really that bad because we're all going to die one day and I'm, I'm so closely related to death I love talking about it and if we can understand that death is on our doorstep we could die any moment that let's just live out this crazy life in this crazy arena and just take it all in and like you said just continue learning and loving and being friendly because it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be challenging and so if there are any challenges that presently exist a past life regression helps with that to better understand. And then hopefully we can all just live our best damn lives while we're here. Exactly. I definitely think that past doing past life regression therapy has helped me not be so scared of death mm-hmm. on top of, you know, um, having breakthroughs and in, in ayahuasca and also doing ancestral healing and ancestral work, um, getting really tapped into my, my roots um, specifically with like Dia de los Muertos, all of that. And also, you know, experiencing death firsthand with, with family or, you know, loved ones or, or, you know, friends of friends, I'm starting to kind of get a grasp and understand that, that death is, we have such a limited and distorted view of death in Western culture and in other cultures, it's so celebrated and it's so normal. Yeah, it is a hundred percent. I love it. I love, I mean, I don't love death, but I, it can be so special. I mean, of course it's sad when we lose someone who was once earth side with us, but they're never gone. And I know that maybe that sounds cliche to some people, but again, going back to energy, we're all just energy. So the energy of that person is around. Absolutely. And it's like, if, if you can learn to tap into how, your loved ones communicate with you uh, after they've transitioned, you'll start to see them everywhere. Totally, yeah. And you can develop like a new relationship with them in a way. And one of the things about uh, that, I, that I read in Many Lives, Many Masters was this concept of, of soul family and that you actually reincarnate with the same souls um, over and over and over again. So who your 
you know, the love of your life in this lifetime was maybe your best friend in another lifetime or your dad or your mom or your son, you know, and your mom or dad in this lifetime could have been your children in another lifetime. Absolutely. I call it the soul group, but same thing, soul group, soul family. That's why when you meet someone, we've all had this experience when you meet someone for the first time and it's almost like you get hit with this wave and you're like, I fucking know you. I know you. Or like you, I remember looking into my partner's eyes when, when we first met and I was looking and I'm like, this is going to sound real fucking weird, but I think maybe you were my dad in a past life. And he's like, um, what? I was your dad. It, I mean, it sounds so weird, but, but it's also, it feels very like deep and touching, like very, it feels like just like a deep home, like remembrance of home and love and, and support. So to know that the people we're journeying through our best friends, loved ones, parents are perhaps part of our soul group. Even, you know what, some of our enemies, you know, everyone's a teacher. So even some of your enemies, or if you had a recent breakup and you're like, man, I fucking hate my ex or that relationship sucked. It's like, well, can we reframe that instead of that sucked and it didn't work? Wow. I really learned something from that. Mm, yeah. And I love that the concept and the idea of, you know, you choose your life, you choose your body, you choose your incarnation, you choose your family, you choose your enemies, you know? So it's kind of like you get together in the the cosmic realm beforehand and you're going to be like, I'm going to do some fucked up shit to you and you're going to hate me for the rest of your life. And then we're going to come back and it's all going to be good. And I'm going to reincarnate as your son or something the next, the next time around, you know, people have asked me, well, why, like, why do you think we're here? And that answer isn't so simple. I think the, the main thing is to love love to me. Love is the overarching answer to pretty much everything but it's also just to learn, like learn new things all the time. Some people are like, oh, I'm done with school or I'm, I'm done learning. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like we're, we're learning till the day we die, realistically. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I hope so, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and learning really requires depth. It requires this depth of who you once were so that you can expand into a new way of being or a new frequency. So, you know, death really is all around us we are dying and being reborn all the time um it's such a necessary part of life <laughs> creation yeah. and destruction yeah that's you know what and that's so true because oftentimes when clients come to me wanting to change something in their life which i always tell them i have the tools and i humbly but powerfully confidently know that I can take you there and get you to your goal. But if you're not willing to shed or let go of what once was, which like you said, it is a death. You have to treat these, either the past you, the past relationship, the past job as a fucking death. It sounds morbid to some, but again, reframing it into like, oh no, that's just the end of that. And the only way to be embodied in this new version of you is you have to let that die. There is no other way around it. Yeah, and maybe we can create some some death rituals. I love doing, you know, shedding, releasing, and cord cutting, and you know, full moon rituals. I even did a full moon ritual once last year. It was under the Scorpio full moon. It was so witchy. It was like in a circle in nature under the moon. We had like a little altar and I held a funeral for myself because I felt myself going through such a huge transition 
this was right when the pandemic was going on. And I was just like, my whole identity was, was so like shaken up um, that I was like, I need to hold a funeral for my past self. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. I hear of people um, like marrying themselves, but I don't know if I've ever heard someone doing a funeral for themselves. Really? I've never heard of people marrying themselves. I love that idea. Yeah, as like a declaration of who comes first and like, who do I need to love first? I need to love me first, realistically, take care of me first, and then I can take care of the world. But so let's just all marry ourselves and then have funerals and just like kind of do the whole thing. Right? It's all, it's all, you know, a big cosmic joke anyway. It's all just like a big dance we're not really supposed to be too attached to you know our identities and our bodies and stuff because it's just one iteration and it's just this tiny iteration too of like our our higher self our soul you know yes absolutely um well to to continue in this like very esoteric heady direction um i would love to to tap your your knowledge on um i know you do akashic records readings um so what are the akashic records and what insight can they offer how is that different from hypnotherapy and the other things that you do so the akashic records are essentially an encyclopedia of everything that ever once was is and will be so past present future and akasha translates to ether or air atmosphere so it's the idea that everything that has ever been and ever will be is out there in air, out there in the ethers and the cosmos. And so by channeling what is out there, so as an Akashic Records reader, channeling any messages that need to come through. So when someone comes to get a reading, for me, I think everyone does it differently. I channel through free writing where I will have pages upon pages of what looks like scribble. And then I have to take quite some time to really dissect what it says. And then I type it all out. And so it's, I've been channeling since I was a child. So I just never really had the terminology till you know, my later years that, wow, the Akasha is just all encompassing. So similar to past life regression, it's like what happened in my past and how can I utilize that information to then be better and move forward? Although with an Akashic reading, it's past, present, and future information. And how do I now utilize that to be better and move forward? From what I understand, there are um, these, these keepers or these beings of the Akashic records that you communicate with that send you this information. How, how do you develop a relationship with you know, the, the keepers and with the Akashic records? Trust. Trust. I mean... I am known to be underly cautious. And so I have a huge trust in pretty much all sorts of people, whether they're cosmic or earthbound. I'm really open to newness, ideas, learning. And so when I realized that I was a channel, anything that came through was truth. It's hard to explain. I, and if there was any slight doubt, like, ooh, that doesn't quite feel right, then I knew that that was a definite throwaway. But at this point, in my career and in my life, the way that I channel, nothing is ever wrong. I mean, I say that with full, full, you know, confidence that all the messages that come through are because I have a trust in my ability to hear and listen and be open to continuous learning. And that in the end, I don't really know anything, but if I can hear what's out there, 
which this will get real deep, which is actually in here. <laughs> all that's out here is actually in here. And I'm like pointing at my chest, you know, all the cosmic stuff that we think we're asking outside sources for is really in here, but it's also like a dance. It's all of it. It's like a spiral. In each of the Akashic Records readings that I've had with very skilled practitioners, I mean, they didn't know me prior. Like they couldn't have known anything. And like the messages that I w was receiving were so just, it rang so true to the very core of my being that it was like all of my cells remembered, you know? And, and yeah, you're right. It does require a lot of, a lot of trust, a lot of faith, a lot of surrender um and getting out of the logical brain i feel like we're so attached to the conscious mind we're in this prison of what's logical what i in in this materialist prison uh, of like what i can see and taste and touch and feel that's what's real right when in actuality that's it's not <laughs> Right, totally. And also being able to read the Akashic Records is having a deep innate ability to listen. Mm -hmm. So I know I said that before, but I mean, listening is a skill. Listening, I mean, if you're born a good listener, then that's a gift because being able to listen now, you and I speaking and we're in our conscious mind having this conversation, we're listening to each other, but closing your eyes and listening is a whole other ballgame. Yeah, and most people will do anything and everything to avoid that. Yes. And, you know, th there might be some good reason for that. There's a lot of pain and, and hurt and trauma that we all go through. But, you know, what we're also not listening to and what we're also escaping is our gifts and our talents. And, yeah, this deep connection to our guides and these beings and, and our higher self. Going back to you know, doing the shadow work and, and deep diving into our subconscious mind, what exists there is not just bad stuff. Yeah, right. It's, it's good stuff too. Like for, for some people who are really insecure in their shadow, there's a very confident version of themselves waiting to be unleashed. And like you said, these things, these behaviors or, or quirks or patterns that we have, let's say that the, that person who has... Um, insecurities or low self-esteem for good reason. There's a reason. We, you weren't just born insecure. No one's just born having money stories. No one's born having unexplainable migraines unless maybe there's like a deep medical issue. Like there's physical and energetic and mental things that happen to us because something happened between zero and eight. And so I think in my findings, that's the nerve-wracking part for people is they don't know what happened and they're afraid to find out or they do know what happened and they don't want to revisit it but to touch back on positives yeah i mean i have a current client who makes fantastic money and she has a fantastic thriving business but she comes to get hypnotherapy to just build upon that just keep building like this epic abundance in my life. And yes, my success is just skyrocketing. And, and she's been going up and up and up the ladder since we started. So it's not always to work on stuff that's negative or scary, but sometimes boosting what's already working. I love that perspective. And I, I feel like I should, that, that's also a message for me too. <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't have to be scary. Healing can 
can be really beautiful and yeah, it can really uncover more and more and more of your unique talents and gifts and unique offerings to the world too. It's so needed. There's so much that, that blocks us, I feel like, from truly living the life of our dreams and, and we're the ones stopping ourselves. Right. Well, and, but also people who live in nature are naturally more intuitive and more in tune because when you're living within, you know, the breathing, like abundant juiciness of trees and, and dirt and freaking deers and butterflies, whatever it is, like when you're living in that, you are more connected to all there ever is, was, and will be, whether it's cosmic or earthbound. But we now, which I'm not hating on it. This is just the year we live in, 2021. We have to live in buildings, but we're so cut off. And, I, and you're an astrologer, so you know, we're so cut off from even what's above, like the cosmos and the stars. Everything is a teacher. Everything has information to share. So if you, if you were to go live, it, not even in a freaking tent, just live out in nature for like a month, I guarantee your intuitive abilities will change. A hundred percent. I actually just spent 10 days in Maui. Um, it's like a, a little getaway. I literally just got back this morning. And I noticed that when I was out there, I was, A, I was healing a lot of old fears around, I had these old stories around um, fear of water and of the ocean because of past traumas that had happened. Also because of information that I learned from a past life um, I had, I had drowned in a past life. And I decided on that trip, I was like, I don't want to tell this story anymore. I want to go out there and I want to go swimming and I want to be fearless. And I want to have this relationship with the ocean, not in a way where it's like, I'll dip my toes at the shore and then like run away. <laughs> but yeah, it really took getting out of the building, getting out of Los Angeles and getting so close to mother nature where I was receiving all kinds of downloads and, and, and just like hits, like you should go in this, go in this direction for both me and my boyfriend. It was so the synchronicities were off the charts. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I have such a, like all full body, like good feeling just hearing that. Cause I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I feel like if people listening, you know, they're, they're new on their spiritual journey or they, you know, they don't know how or what to do to really be at the, you know, the level that they want to be like, what are some, besides going into nature, like what are some other tips and tricks to tap into your intuition that you would suggest? My favorite is writing. Mm -hmm. Write, write, write. Even if you're not a writer, just start somewhere. Just write a couple words, see what happens. Because writing is a natural way we go into the subconscious mind. It's a very um, hypnotic technique. And so not, I don't even like the word te technique. So Because let's not go into it thinking like, oh, I've got to do this robotic thing. Like, let's just get a pen and a paper and see what happens. I know that can be difficult for people who are more like in the control mind, like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to write and am I even doing this right? Shut that voice up with love. Say, please shush for a second, I'm trying to do this and then see what comes forward. I've been writing since I was a kid. I have journals from like third grade and I think that has definitely played a part in me tapping into my intuition and being able to channel 100%. Journaling has been 
such a integral part of my practice and of my healing and of my growth. I cannot co-sign enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going back to something you had mentioned before about, you know, the, the client that you have who is coming to you for, um, you know, sharing more of yourself and, and receiving even more abundance. You have been showing up online and sharing your gifts and shining your light in such a beautiful and profound way. And we reconnected a couple of years ago because um, a mutual friend of ours had contacted me about doing some photography for a moon circle and she mentioned it was you. And I was like, oh, wait, I know her. We've, we played soccer together. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. What a cool synchronicity. And back then, you know, you were kind of just like doing your thing and you had like, you know, your, your business going, but then from then until now you have just like exploded. And I feel like unapologetically just put yourself out there, your voice, your face, your, your message, your art. How do you, you know, how did you grow your audience and how did you grow the confidence in becoming more visible in that way. The stuff that you talk about, it's not, it's not mainstream yet. You know, it's, it's, it could be a little woo. That, that's a, that's a big thing that I hear from people who want to do online businesses and stuff and, and share their spiritual gifts is that they're afraid of how they're being perceived. So long yeah. way to say how to overcome that. <laughs> how did you, how did you do it? Wow. Well, I love this question because I don't follow a blueprint I don't follow a blueprint. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there telling those who are curious to start an online business or their entrepreneurial ventures and be like, use Instagram as a marketing tool where you got to do this. And then you post exactly this story at this time and these hashtags, and then you got to bleep, blop, bleep, blop and do this like a million times. No, dude, because you're, you're not a robot. We're not robots. Be authentically you. I like to cuss and I didn't stop when I started my business. I'm like, I just, I fucking cuss even more because that's, it's, I feel passionate when I cuss and that's the real me. If I weren't cussing, I would not be living and showing up authentically. Also once, well, this, this is a difficult one because people say, oh, well, once you find your thing, it just, you just know, it just feels right. But Yes, that's true. Once I found hypnotherapy, I knew that was it. However, for those listening who are maybe either just on the path of starting their business or even just on the path of starting to learn new, new modalities, I have taken countless trainings and courses. I have all sorts of certificates and all sorts of things. And it took me until my early 30s to find my thing and become wildly successful at it. But I had to like, like they say, like kiss a few frogs, I guess. I had to try a couple of things first and some of them didn't work or they just didn't stick or I didn't feel right. Or maybe I was doing it and like, nah, this isn't it. So keep trying things, keep learning, keep putting yourself out there and be unconventional and like you said be unapologetically fucking you because we're all unique in our own way and whatever it is that you bring to the table is what your clientele is going to want so there's two parts of me there's like the heyoka you know the the sacred clown who jokes and cusses and i always make my clients laugh even if they're talking about something serious but then there's the other side of me that is so closely related to death 
And I have no shame about talking about the various deaths in my life and my mom, my dad, and my only sibling losing my whole family to death. I had a near death experience in Peru. And so I talk about it. Like, let's talk about the taboo shit because what, what's the reason for hiding? There is no reason. And clients who say, well, I'm afraid of what people will think, or I have a, I, I'm fearful that someone will judge me. I totally get it. I was there once. But I say to them, who the fuck cares? Who are they? We, we all have fears. But once you just make that, again, the choice to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. It's all good. I'm me. And the more me I am, the more I attract my community and my tribe or my people. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yes. I'm like, this is so, this is so great. This is so valuable because I know that there's a lot of people in our mutual community who are just getting started and, and want to thrive in an online business. And I, same. Um, and I really think that online businesses are really, A, a way for women to really empower themselves and to, you know, make good money, change the world. Like it's such a beautiful thing, right? Uh, one of the things that I really love about the way that you show up, not just, you know, sharing your, your face and your voice. I love watching your stories. They're so authentic. They're so raw. They're so real, but I love, I've been loving your graphics and your art lately. Can you talk a little bit about your, you know, your, your content creation process and what inspires you there? Yeah, I love it. You know, so I've been dabbling in digital art. Oh, gosh, when did I start? Probably at 18 years old is when I was dating a guy who was very computer savvy and I got like hella good at Photoshop. This is like, guys, this is like pre apps that make it all easy for you to just plug in a, a glitter drop and whatever. Like Photoshop, you had to have some mad skills. And back in the day, with MySpace, I'm aging myself, but you wanted your MySpace to look dope. So you had to learn like HTML and coding and shit. So that's the background I come from. And same thing as when I was doing the psychic readings at parties, I used to create all this really dope art and put it up on MySpace and then Facebook. And I had one girlfriend who I rem I'll never forget. She said, why don't you like sell these? Why don't you print them on cards or on tapestries or something and sell them? And I was it just didn't compute at all because I was just doing it for fun. It was really just a, a creative expression. So now come Instagram, which I use as my marketing tool. It, it, it is me. It's my business platform. I just go back into that very innate creative that I am and put colors together that I like. I put lines and, and fonts together that I like. And sometimes it happens quick other times it'll take me days to make a piece because i'm a bit of a perfectionist and so it's gotta like have my exact little you know piece on it absolutely and it hits every single time i'm like damn she does not miss <laughs> i'm like i might hire you <laughs> in all honesty and i think a lot of us can say this if we're being honest i have fully full uh, like pulled inspiration from outside of me because who doesn't like we're mm -hmm. all creative beautiful people out there just kind of doing our stuff. So I hold inspiration, but then I finally found, like it almost, I envision it because I'm so like visual. I envision it as like a funnel. I was like, okay, that, I kind of like that, kind of like that. And then it, until it got closer and closer to the head, I'm like, oh, this is my style. So same thing as I said before, we have to try a few things before it like 
it locks in. And now I definitely have my look. I've had so many people reach out like, what apps do you use and how do you do it? I'm like, well, and, and I tell people and they're like, wow, like other like influencer people don't give away their secrets. I'm like, well, because what I create, you probably won't create the same thing because we don't have the same creative process, but here's the apps I use and have fun, like enjoy. I love the the open share, the, the free share of, of information like that. You know, when I started making collages last year, I was so obsessed with the process that I was like, I really want to share this with everyone. And, and I did, and it felt so good to see people express themselves artistically, kind of in the same style as me, but it with their own unique flavor. Yeah, it will never be exactly you. And same with you, like your art as well is so you like I also if it didn't even have your name on it out of a lineup I'd be like oh yeah that one. <laughs> oh my god that's such a huge compliment thank you so much yeah. and and before prior to your you know your work as a hypnotherapist and as a spiritual mentor I, you did photography and you you were an artist. Wow good memory <laughs> yes I have been a Jane of all trades indeed I did photography for a long time I painted for a long time. I owned my own online shop selling imports from India, Thailand, Costa Rica, South America in general. I have done lots of things. I still love photography, but I used to praise and the fact that I was a jack of all trades or a Jane of all trades. I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's a skill and that's dope. But what I came to realize was if I want to be really successful at something, I need to sort of focus my energy in on that thing. So I love taking pictures still, but I'm leaving the photography um, jobs up to the people who that's their main skill. So, mm. you know, like I called you that one time, could I have taken the photos? Sure. But I'd rather support someone, pay them for their, for what they do. I still love taking pictures, but I, I've hired so many photographers in my life. So I'm like, you know what? I fucking appreciate what you do here. Just take my money. Let me support you because it's dope. Everyone finds their thing. Yeah. And, and, and I've talked about this before on, on my podcast in the first episode, I think, or maybe even the second one, the link between art and mysticism, being an artist and being a mystic. Mm -hmm. It's like the Venn diagram is it's like a complete circle. Totally. Well, actually, that's such a great point because it's commonly thought that well, if I'm this, I can't be this. If I'm a photographer, I can't be a belly dancer. If I'm a hypnotherapist, I can't be a chef. You can be whatever you want. You can be two different things at once. And if anything, that makes you more dope and more unique. So I have a client now who does nutrition and hair. And she's like, those don't go together at all. I'm like, we'll talk about how what you eat actually really affects your hair follicles and like, let's bring it together somehow. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm constantly trying to figure out different ways, different creative ways to fuse all the multi-dimensional aspects of who I am and, and what I love, what I'm passionate about. Um, and, and yeah, you don't have to be just one thing. You can be a multi-hyphenate. You could be a hairdresser, a hypnotherapist, a graphic designer, you know, just give yourself permission to take up as much space as possible. Totally. I agree with that. And to go back, so, so we're not confusing any listeners. It's like, try all the things and be all the things and be multidimensional. Although what I've found is 
because many people want success. Many people want abundance. They want a house or they want X amount of money in the bank. It is important to like find your thing, you know, like you are so you and I am so me, but if someone's like, well, I have my hand in all the baskets and I'm not really sure who I am. That's where things are flip floppy and you're not really going to find success there. So it's, then here we are like, we'll find the balance between doing it all and then not doing it all. <laughs> it is an art in and of itself. It is. Okay. So bef before we wrap, I do want to talk about your program, Cosmic Relations University, your bread and butter, um, your year long certification program. And it's a journey that you take people on. Crew, Cosmic Relations University is, like you said, a 12 month mentorship and academic training into the mysteries, into subconscious energetics, um, quantum physics. There's a little bit of everything and it's tools and wisdom that I've pulled throughout the many years. I, my spiritual awakening happened in 2008. So it's been years and years of learning, unlearning, relearning. And so I put it all into 12 months. And so taking crew, people ask, well, is this for my wellness and my spiritual up-leveling or is it giving me the tools to be somewhat of a life coach to help others. And it's both. It's a blend of let's do the work on us and each month builds upon the last. And then at the month 12, we really close it out with a bang so that that person goes out into the world ready to take other people under their wing in a spiritual manner. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to be a guide, a coach, a mentor, any of that, you are your first client, you know, you have to be working on yourself uh, all, all the time in order to be effective, right? Instagram is interesting in the way that we only see a snippet of that person's life, but I'll be the first to tell you that I've made thousands of unfavorable decisions in my life. I've made thousands of mistakes in my life. I've done wrong by other people and vice versa, but it was understanding that that really that all got me here. All of those things, whether it was the fault of mine or the fault of someone else's to get me to this point is so important. And so I, I think sometimes people believe they have to kind of be this perfect um, way or this perfect being, but some of the most powerful teachers and mentors will be the first to tell you like, I'm falling apart at the seams too, but I've just found a way to live in peace and presence. And I think that's a big underlying message in crew is I, the first class I tell everyone my background and where I came from and it's not rainbows. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It's important to own every aspect of who we are, you know, not just the, what looks good on Instagram. <laughs> totally. And so there is, there is still space to opt in and enroll and it's an amazing opportunity that comes around once a year. So if you guys want to join, Find me on NikkiCosmo.com or my Instagram, NikkiCosmo. <laughs> I was just going to say, how can the listeners find you? What is the best way to reach out to you and, and see what you're up to in all of your work? Yeah, Instagram is where I'm the most active. So NikkiCosmo, which will be in the show notes, I'm sure. But that's Cosmo with a Z, not an S. So I'm the most active there. And you can DM me. I always do my best to reach out. I love... 
I don't have a whole lot of my business on automation, which that's a whole other deep dive and a business mentor would probably tell me I'm doing wrong, but I like to keep the personal aspect. That's really important, an important part of how I show up. So I would love to hear from you guys if you reached out via DM. Yes. Another cosign. Reach out to Nikki. <laughs> Your inbox is flooded with DM. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Nikki, for your time and for your wisdom and your presence. I'm so excited to share this conversation with uh, the listeners. And yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to have you in my life as, as a friend too. Same, incredibly grateful and in awe of how our paths have woven in and out. And here we are, like what a magical fucking experience. <laughs> wild. Thank you so much for listening to Arts and Witchcrafts, a podcast by me, your host, Christina Bukrevsky. Please follow, subscribe, and share on your IG stories if this resonates. Tune in next week for another episode. And in the meantime, visit my website, christinabukrevsky.com for more information about me and my offerings, or holler at me on Instagram at Christina Bukrevsky. Until next time.